Welcome. You are listening to Sunday Afternoon Films with me, Christopher Windsor, part of the Iconochromatic Podcast Network. Before I begin, I will warn you there will be spoilers about the film, so if you've not seen this before, I would recommend switching off, watching the film first, and then coming back and listening to this podcast. Other than that, enjoy the show. This week's film is the 2009 Moon, starring Sam Rockwell, Kevin Spacey, and Sam Rockwell. Moon, at its very base, is a very simple story. It's a story of Sam Bell, wonderfully portrayed by Sam Rockwell, who is working on the moon in order to gain resources to bring back to Earth, because in the future we have basically run out of resources. This is something that is quite close and quite personal to a lot of people on this planet, given that they think that the world is going to run out of energy and that we are going to have nothing left. I'm not sure if I believe this, but there we are nonetheless. Sam has a very simple existence on the moon. It's basically how people envisioned how they would live on the moon a number of years ago, with different pods and different connections and being able to move about. It it it, it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where you see people moving to the moon and saying, oh, it's going to be wonderful, it's going to be great, etc. Sam basically has a very simple existence. He wakes up. He eats, he collects resources, he goes back to bed whilst trying to keep himself busy by creating models, by taking exercise, watching old 70s television television shows and effectively not trying to go insane on his own. The only communication he has on a real-time basis is an AI computer named Gertie, portrayed by Kevin Spacey, to which he seems to have a genuine conversation and fondness for. Gertie is Sam's companion in what is a lovely old odd couple kind of a way and it's actually you know for for what we've seen between humans and computers in the past it's, it's quite a nice relationship they have together. The other communication is via one way video recordings between Sam and his wife. He can see recordings that she's made, and she can see recordings that he's made, but due to damage on a mast, they can't communicate in real time, so that Sam cannot speak to Earth, and Earth cannot speak to Sam. And rather strangely, Sam seems to be okay with it. Not entirely happy, he'd prefer to be able to speak to his wife, he'd be able to speak to people on Earth in real time, But he seems to feel it's just something he's got to get on with. You know, it's, it's sort of a situation where at least he's getting something. And in a world where you have nothing, from his perspective, I guess really, that you know, something is everything. We join Sam when he has three weeks left on his stint on the moon. He is due to be going home very soon. Where, and he has been on the moon for just under three years on a long-term contract. As I say, you see him watching films, building models, turning to plants, and effectively killing time until he's allowed to return home. And basically, from his perspective anyway, having a relatively normal existence, albeit in a confined one, but crucially, what it isn't is it's not a prison sentence. 
he is there to do a job. He is being paid to do a job. He can move around. He can go outside. He can have whatever he wants food-wise, to an extent anyway. You know, he, what he's not is being locked down to a cell. And I think that is the main thing here. He, like I say, he can move around. And he seems to cope. How he copes is beyond me. But he seems to be able to do so. Everything seems relatively okay for Sam. But there are hints that something isn't quite right. And something's a little bit wrong with his head. For example, at one stage Sam sees someone who isn't really there. It's never really expanded upon. And I don't think it's meant to. I think it's one of those things that's simply a suggestion and not a confirmation. The other clue that something isn't all as it appears is when you see a video from his wife speaking to him. At one stage, his wife is talking completely normally and having a fluid conversation, and suddenly there's a very quick jump cut. She then goes back to talking normally as if that never had happened. But just out of the corner, it's clear that something isn't right because there is a gentleman who you can see and you, you can tell just before the jumper that she looks up and sees someone talk, that someone is trying to communicate with her. You can feel this presence and you, you know, she's being controlled in some way. It, it, it's not a great stretch to assume that she's being controlled in some way. When making a routine check outside of the space pods, Sam has an accident and crashes a rover that he's driving. Barely manages to escape and, as a result, ends up in an infirmary. He's regaining strength and he's he's starting to get better. And in what is a moment where Sam isn't really entirely sure of what he's seen, I don't think, he comes across Gertie having a real-time conversation with the people back on Earth, communicating between a live video feed. Sam is told it's a warning, not to worry about it, but it's starting to make Sam a little bit suspect and unsure of what is going on, as, you know, we are the audience. We, we know that something isn't right and that something's going on, but because it's so... because it's not really focused upon, there's a certain level that you're not quite sure about. All Sam knows is he is to be kept inside for his own sake and in recuperation. And the only thing that Sam knows is Gertie constantly reassuring Sam that Gertie's looking out for him, after his best interests. Gertie points out that he will not allow any harm to come to Sam. And that's relatively reassuring. However, Sam continues to be suspicious, and he wishes to go outside of the ship because he doesn't believe that everything is right, but Gertie refuses to allow him to go. To counter this, and to try and get around it, Sam damages part of the ship, telling Gertie there is damage and it needs to be fixed. Gertie continues to tell Sam he cannot leave. Gertie is denying him the access, and does all he can to stop him from leaving. He's lying to Sam. And Sam is lying to be able to get outside. And once outside, once he does manage to convince Gertie that he should be outside, Sam goes back to the craft 
that was crashed by him previously and finds what appears to be a dead body. Taking it on board, he demands to know who it is, who the body, who where the bodies come from, and the recovered person appears to be Sam Bell. Having come back from the craft, Sam wakes up to discover another Sam Bell standing across the room from him. Sam demands to know who he is, where he's come from, and why he looks very much like him. Sam states he's not alone, but to be fair, both have every right to believe that the original that they are the original Sam Bell, and they have no reason to believe otherwise. They may or may not be clones, but they can't argue it. They look exactly alike. And rather strangely, as they continue to live with each other, they start to bond and develop a relationship. It doesn't seem to bother them that they are living with mirrorage of themselves. Initially, they don't question it. They just seem to, to accept it as normal. And whilst this isn't a detriment to the film entirely, they both seem to accept this far too easily and not ask questions about it, as if to suggest that meeting on a duplicate would not be an unusual occurrence. They, they play ping-pong together. They bond over activities, over the pasts, rather like the episode of Red Dwarf, where Rimmer brings himself back. They, they go over past glories. But it all seems to fall apart very quickly in certain situations, as you would if you had to live with yourself. Most people could not stand living with themselves in one way or the other, and I think that that is shown here. And it gets even worse when the conversation gets back to clones. Sam wonders how he got to the spacecraft so quickly. Questions start to be raised. It doesn't make sense. Sam was only out for two weeks. How did Sam get there so fast? How does he know so much? How Are there clones out there? How many clones are there? How far back does this go? Who's behind this? What's the end goal? Why do it to begin with? Where is the original Sam Bell and is he even still alive? Will Sam ever get off the moon? Why are there two Sam Bells? What are the clones about? These are questions that the audience are asking. And they're the same questions that Sam is wondering in his own head and trying to figure out. And it's just fascinating. And it really does raise a lot of questions. What is somewhat confusing to you is the fact that it's dealt with in such a matter-of-fact level that you as the audience start to just accept things and get along with it. it. It's almost like, well, it is what it is. Fair dues. Let's just watch the film and continue. Sam continues to go down the path of wanting to know more. He starts asking Gertie what happened. Gertie reveals that Sam is indeed a clone. He's very much real, but he is a clone. He's not some kind of a cyborg like an alien. But when pressed, Gertie reveals to Sam that the messages that have been received for the past three years, whilst from his wife, were indeed pre-recorded. They weren't necessarily staged, but they were pre-recorded. And the messages that he's sending, well, they never really confirm what exactly is happening to those messages. Are they going to his wife? Are they going somewhere else entirely? Or are they not even being sent? Is the original Sam Bell dead? You know? 
it did he die a long time ago and now sam has to deal with the fact that he is indeed a clone he is not the original he is not the person that he thought he once was and there is a very real chance that his debt that his wife is dead and understandably he is somewhat upset about this because as far as he's concerned he's been talking to his wife for the last three years and he's never going to get back to it no matter what he does Sam and Sam, that's a, that sounds like a really bad sitcom, continue to discuss the conspiracy that Gertie is, in fact, talking with Earth. That no one is coming for them. Sam and Sam are stranded. Now, to, to contradict what I said before, it looks like they are prisoners. They can move around, but they're not going anywhere. And as Sam and Sam start to explore the moon determined to find the satellite that is allowing the life feeds of the satellites which previously they were told to be broken they managed to find this sam continues to investigate his own life and with the help of gertie he manages to access his personal files that shows a video clip of a number of different moments for sam that he doesn't recognize and that have never happened before and as he continues he sees more and more of this at one stage, Sam even sees his own funeral whilst being told what a good job he's done on an overhead monitor. But to the Sam within the video clip, it's not his funeral. He is simply being told, well done, you've done, you've done a good job, enjoy Earth. But he does in fact evaporate. Sam travels to a long range location to find the satellite that is in fact not broken and manages to call home to his delight he manages to speak to his daughter but what he really wants to do is talk to his wife but he finds out that she has indeed passed away his daughter becomes very suspicious and starts talking to her father the original Sam they believe it's something some rather strange and so the video conversation is cut off and they never get communication back again and this really starts to upset sam not only can he not see his teenage daughter but this other sam is living out his life and he has no choice due to the accident earlier in the film sam starts to become frail and slowly dying but he's been given reassurance that a rescue crew are on their way not only to help with the satellite feed and the ship in general but for the rescue of Sam unfortunately he gets to the point where he cannot continue and takes Sam to bump his body coming back to the mate coming back to the base to meet with a rescue team that was sent to assist Sam back to earth to begin with in a wonderfully tense moment Sam takes the dead body of Sam for the, state, for the escape crew to find. He stows himself away in the escape pod that's used to be able to contain the resources gathered and is returned to Earth. The escape crew land, locate the dead body of Sam, determine there is nothing more to be done. Sam wakes up. He's told that he's been in a crash, that he's weak. And that he will be able to start working again in a matter of days. And so the process starts all over again. 
Sam is left alone in space with no hope, no rescue. But then again, if you were a clone, why would they care? Why would they come back for you? I've gone into quite a bit of detail. And it's one of these films that unless you watch it, it can be a little confusing. So if you've listened to me so far and haven't watched the film, I really urge you to see this because this this is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful film, it really is. The first thing to notice about the film is the setting. It's beautifully crafted and very simple. It's very clinical. Rather like Wet Wolf and Alien, there is no excess. Everything you see and everything that Sam has is for a purpose. For someone who likes to spend a lot of time alone and is somewhat of an introvert, you can almost look at it as not an entirely bad situation to be in. You know, in Sam's mind, he's not a prisoner. He's not locked up in a cell, as I say. He is simply doing his job. The second thing to note is both Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey's performances. Sam plays the role perfectly. He's lovable and almost funny. And for such a small cast and a little narration between the actors, he does very well. Actors need actors to bounce off. And whilst there is another cast member clearly there to speak for him, that's really only for about half of the film. And, and, you know, it's not exactly extensive, to say the least. And I do wonder if when Sam was brought onto the film and it was told that he would virtually be the only cast member, if he had a certain amount of trepidation about coming into this to begin with. Spacey playing Gertie gives a performance that you wouldn't expect to say is wonderful, but it actually is wonderful. It's it's limited, but it's great. You know, there's not an awful lot for Kevin Spacey to do with the character, but what he does do with the character is wonderful nonetheless. Rather like Hal in 2001 and Mother in Alien, he is a robot first and foremost. But what he also is, is a friend to Sam to assist into his day-to-day existence. There are times when Gertie is a little bit unnerving. There are specific lines that are repeated in themselves that are not that scary, but when they're repeated, they are. Gertie says to Sam, I'm here to look after you and to keep you safe. Which would be a nice thing to say. Were it not said over and over again in the sort of tone of, I'm here to look after you and to keep you safe. I'm here to look after you and to keep you safe. I'm here to look after you and to keep you safe. That is not comforting. That's disturbing. And that is what makes it so good. The film could be mistaken for one of being dull and one-dimensional. That there's not much going on. But I think there is a lot more going on than there appears to be. 
What you have is a film that is beautifully crafted in its dialogue and its storytelling. It raises questions about humanity and cloning. It also raises questions of large corporations that are not entirely working in the best interests, whilst never explicitly saying it. There are, of course, questions of a sequel. To see what happens to Sam when he gets back to Earth. If indeed, he does get back to Earth. And I can see people wanting to know more, but personally, I don't think I want to know more. The intrigue and the not knowing, for me anyway, is much more interesting. And I can't help but feel that a sequel would damage the film more than helping it, to be perfectly honest with you. This has been the 2009 film Moon. Thank you for listening. This has been Sunday Afternoon Films with me, Christopher Windsor, on the podcast network Iconochromatic. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.